Welcome to Can I Offer You Some Feedback? My name is Sara, and this is the podcast for those who have a complicated relationship with feedback and are looking to hear from real people across levels and industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. Before we dive in, I'd like to introduce our guest from the podcast today, Anna. She's got many things going on, but professionally has a background in public health and currently serves as the program manager at Case Western Reserve University in the Office of Interprofessional and Interdisciplinary Education and Research. Welcome to the conversation today. Hi, Sarah. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, let's kick things off with the main question of the podcast. When I say the phrase, can I offer you some feedback? What's your gut reaction when you hear that? That's my gut reaction. My gut reaction is, Oh no, what are we about to talk about now? Yeah, that that immediate dread, right? Immediate dread, yeah, exactly. And when you're thinking about feedback, I mean, maybe this ties into it. Would you prefer to be the giver or the receiver of feedback? I think that I would prefer to be the giver, I guess, only because in my experience, I feel like it's only been sort of negatively oriented, bad news. So, you know, I would like to not be the one receiving it and the one that's in charge of giving it. But I feel like I've learned a lot more about feedback. My recent position at CASE, I feel like I'm now I'm so much better equipped to be a receiver Mm -hmm. of feedback with a little bit of knowledge around how it how it operates or how it should operate. Yeah, and I think that sometimes we don't appreciate that the models and the examples and what we've seen before very much flavors how we can actually use it in practice. So if all of your experience around feedback, let's say, has been, this is going to be critical, this is going to be negative, this is going to be a tough discussion, then like, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather give it than receive it exactly. without, you know, having that, having those tools in place. Kind of now with your expanded understanding around feedback, how do you define meaningful feedback? Well, I think meaningful feedback now, what I've learned in the role that I have now, Sarah, we teach a class on feedback. And the class is centered around the model of deconstructive feedback. And so now what I've learned is that meaningful feedback sort of disassembles whatever you're giving feedback about into an observable event. So the way that Dr. Reinschizel, who's my current boss, teaches it is that You know, it's something that can be recorded on an iPhone. So something you've heard, something you've seen, something that has been, you know, written is a little bit harder, but definitely observable data is what we call it. So something that is concrete, you know, that you can say. So definitely that's part of the meaningful bit of feedback. Right. And Apple's certainly not sponsoring the podcast yet. But <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, where how it gets captured, it has to be objective, make sure it's specific. Yes, obviously, we've got different ideas about like what actually happened, right? We have different views on it, but we're actually pointing to something. It's not, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm layering on or I'm projecting or I'm including extra details into that. So that's so helpful. Mm-hmm. Can you share an experience maybe where you've seen meaningful feedback delivered? I can share experience where I've heard it delivered. I didn't see it. So again, with the observable elements, I have heard a colleague of mine being given feedback about how she sends emails. In a different scenario, it could be seen as 
extremely micromanagey of the of the person giving the feedback. But in the context, she was able to understand that she needed to be more direct in her emails and that being more direct in an email is not necessarily being rude, but her job requires her to, to gather very concrete information in a timely manner. And I think that she was being nebulous in her questions and was given the feedback to be more direct. And she was able to really come out of that conversation not feeling slighted or offended. And I think the person giving the feedback was able to give her the observable data, not generalize, acknowledge there might be many perspectives in you know, how they were observing her actions, and then sort of work with them to come up with solutions to how to Im- improve on the behavior. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic example to talk about, you know, maybe the difference between the intent the perception and then the impact and having that person, you know, I don't think your your colleague who was writing the emails was intending to be nebulous. It just may have been how they were trained, you know, the culture that they came from, the way that communication was kind of taught to them. That's just the way that you go about, you know, asking for something and perhaps a ra- more roundabout way. But and if no one ever tells you the impact, right, you know, maybe again, what your intent is versus how it's being perceived and then actually what is actually happening from that. If no one shares that, that's not very helpful. So hopefully that was a a helpful dialogue for both parties to kind of understand a little bit better. Right. And she was causing a lot more work. Mm -hmm. So they were able to streamline, trim down. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, if I were handing out wishes, you know, what what's one maybe one wish you have around if we could just have people change one thing or do one thing better regarding feedback? What would it be? I think that it would be this idea, and I don't exactly know how to phrase it, but it's sort of this idea of taking the um, the emotion out of it. What I'm telling you, please don't be offended by what I'm telling you. And I'm not saying it to be offensive, you know, because I think that interpersonal relationships, there's so much of that is emotional and how you, the relationship you have with the person that's giving you the feedback. But we, you know, we should be able to say your emails are a little too wordy, but that's not saying that you're not a great person, you know, so somehow you're able to, for lack of a better way, like take the emotion out of it. But I hate that because I, I want to be able to have emotion in things. I love emotion. But the personal offense that the person might have, making sure it's set up to where they don't. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's that phrase, you know, it, it's just business. It's not personal. But we're also people at work. And so, you know, I, I still am a person while we're in a business context. But it's sometimes hard to separate me doing that task from the task that I'm doing right? And that to work better, maybe with others or to collaborate better, we might have to just be aware of, again, that impact versus the intent or the perception and just think about how that kind of feedback comes into play. So I love that example to kind of think through an an idea on how maybe separating a little bit from the tasks that we're doing, the people that are doing it in a way. For the last question in our time together, uh, Anna, can I offer you some feedback? Sure. (laughs) Hopefully it's not the dreaded, uh, (laughs) that you you mentioned earlier. I know when we were talking and we've had that chance to work together in in a couple different settings with a lot of different groups. One of the things that I really find valuable about your approach is being able to shift the conversation and shift the direction depending on the audience in the group. We've had the opportunity to work again through, you know, case by Missouri University with a mix of folks who are academics, who are researchers, who 
are clinicians, who are in community, who are trying to support residents in different spaces. And so I've been able to see you shift and meet people right where they're at. And really, at least from my perspective, form genuine connections and have people feel like they're being heard. And it, it it's kind of magical to watch. But I think, you know, it's stemming from that, yes, that public health background, of course, but all the other facets to which you show up at work. I think that that's uh, really exciting to see, you know, being able to kind of shift into a bunch of different spaces. And I'm assuming it it's also shows up in your work with the interprofessional and interdisciplinary. When you mentioned the role shift, I was like, that's perfect. You know, a- Anna definitely has a strength in that. And, and now is maybe getting to use that in a different way in, in her new role. So and I know it's not quite new <laughs> anymore, but in this new kind of space. So I'm hoping that that's, you know, a, a muscle that you're flexing and, and getting to use a, a lot more. And I know I've been grateful in our work interactions to be able to kind of see that. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. That's very nice. See, that's that's completely positive. There was nothing scary about that. That was amazing. You're so right. So feedback isn't always <laughs> negative. That's an important thing to to remember. I can call you once a month and tell you something if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Just to build the habit. But Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And thanks to you for joining us in another episode of Can I Offer You Some Feedback? You can reach me at podcast at mod.network. We would love to hear from you and your thoughts on feedback or any other perspective you'd like to hear from next. As always, give us a quick rating on your platform of choice and share this podcast with a friend. And I'm hoping that tomorrow you take a chance and offer some feedback when it's needed most. Can I Offer You Some Feedback is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, hosted by me, Sara Esmail Bagey Bartlett. Our production team includes Nyjah Galladay, Hannah Ray Leach, and Gray Longfellow. We'll see you next time. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.